This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. This episode is brought to you by Lola V. Lola V is an award-winning hair care line by none other than Jennifer Aniston. They offer clean, plant-powered products for every hair type and texture. I just did my whole hair care routine with all the products the other night, and I am obsessed. Along with incredible shampoo and conditioner, they have an intensive repair treatment that you can use once a week. They also have a lightweight hair oil. There's a leave-in treatment, and there's also a glossing detangling which I need because lately I want to do my hair in like a slicked back look, but my hair is too frizzy. Get 15% off Lola V with the code MOMROOM at www.lolav.com slash MOMROOM and Lola V is L-O-L-A-V-I-E. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to Tuesday's episode. I am recording this before we head to the UK because I don't want to be rushed when I get back. That's just how show business works. But I wonder if I'm going to have an English or British accent when I get home. You think? Only time will tell. This is the perfect timing for this episode to come out because the other day somebody sent me a DM and they were like, what does your husband think about all your holistic medicine, naturopathic things, supplements and whatnot? And I explained that we don't agree on a lot of things, but that's not his job. Medical doctors are not in the business of wellness. They are in the business of fixing medical issues. So if you're sick, you go see a doctor. But if you just want to feel better, what are they going to do for you? For example, last year I was insanely constipated, was chronically constipated all the time. Went to the doctor, got a CT scan. They were like, yeah, you're literally full of shit. And their recommendation was to put Metamucil in my coffee. So then I went and saw a naturopath and it was like a complete lifestyle change, like focusing on eating certain things, not eating certain things, taking supplements, drinking lots of water, having tea after dinner, like so many helpful lifestyle changes. And I poop like a champion now. So that is the difference between being well And having optimal nourishment and nutrition and whatever versus just not being sick. I am super interested in this topic. You know, when you go get blood work done, they're looking to make sure that there's nothing wrong. They're not looking to see if you are the best that you can be, if that makes sense. If there's nothing to fix then they are not concerned. Anyways, I got sidetracked there. Today I am speaking with Julie Sawaya. I hope I'm saying that last name correctly. Sawaya, S-A-W-A-Y-A, Sawaya. She is the co-founder of Needed, where they are improving the standard of perinatal nutrition. So they are on a mission for women to feel their absolute best and get optimal nutrition and supplementation instead of just the bare minimum. In this episode, we touch on things like what are the nutrients most women are deficient in, what those nutrients do for us, and then what happens when we are deficient in them. So what kinds of things would we be experiencing? And then also we have the conversation about optimal nourishment versus just not 
being sick or just preventing negative outcomes. So I hope you guys will enjoy this episode and learn a few things because I know that I did. So without further ado, please welcome Julie Sawaya to the mom room. Today we are talking about one of my favorite topics. I feel like some people spend a lot of money on shoes and purses and I am such a supplement person. I just, I love supplements. I think they're so important. So I'm excited to have this conversation with you. To start off, I thought I would ask when your interest in nutrition and supplements and your awareness that there was a need for women's supplements, especially, like when did that all come about? It happened pretty organically. My co-founder Ryan and I met when we were next door neighbors at Stanford Business School going back now about seven or eight years, which is crazy to think. And both of us were lifelong nutrition nerds, I would say, like care a ton about what we eat, shopping at the farmer's markets. Both of us have nutrition certifications, but we were working in other careers at the time. And really through at-home nutritional testing, which was becoming popular at that time, we tested our levels and realized that we were not just like a little bit deficient, but massively deficient in key nutrients. And that was so eye-opening because we were both the most nutritionally aware among our friends and the most careful about what we were eating and trying to eat a diversity of foods and all of the right things. And it was just eye-opening to realize that even with all of that, even with all of that attention on what you eat, food alone is obviously not cutting it for the two of us. So we ended up digging into the research to see if this was true for other people and found pretty staggering stats that upwards of 95% of women have nutritional deficiencies. And most women are deficient in not just one thing or two things, but a whole host of nutritional nutrients, vitamins and minerals. And it was just shocking, eye-opening. It also made sense though, you know, what we know about our soil quality being depleted and how long food takes to reach you before you're consuming it. Even those of us who are shopping at the farmer's markets though, we're, we're just not eating a diversity of foods that, you know, we need to fully meet our needs. And we're also exposed to more toxins in the environment. The more toxins your body has to detox, the higher your baseline nutritional needs are. And that's especially true in the mom years when we're giving so much to build a healthy baby, to nourish that baby, to replenish our own nutritional stores after giving birth. It's just a hugely important time in a woman's life. And it can, your nutritional status in pregnancy, postpartum, can not only impact your child's health for that throughout their entire life, but also your own health your own hormone balance, how you feel, your stress, your sleep for years and years to come. So that was really the the aha moment around there's a problem here. And it's what led both of us to start Needed, which was not on the roadmap for us. We didn't ever expect to start a supplement company, but here we are. And isn't that life though? Like I finished my PhD in psychology and now I podcast. <laughs> That's but I love that about I think women are we're just we can be so multidimensional and that's you know that's really who we are speaking to as the needed customer it's yes you're a mom yes you're in this life stage of motherhood and it's like viscerally intense you know like your kids want to be on or around you they need so much 
physical attention, so much love, all of that. But you also have this other side of who you are. And we want to celebrate all of that and just help you really operate at your most optimal so that you can show up in all the ways that women do. Were either of you experiencing any symptoms? Like when you look back on that time, knowing that you were deficient in so many things, and now you probably have filled those gaps. Like, do you notice a difference in any key things like energy, sleep, or anything? I do in a big way. I notice it in, and I would say this is probably a little less true now that I have a toddler in preschool and they're bringing home viruses all the time, but I notice a huge difference in my immune response, like how often I get sick. I used to get sick almost every, like with predictability, like two to three times a year, I would get a cold. Always when I was traveling, it was like, it seemed almost inevitable. And that stopped, you know, prior to having young kids who now bring home every virus and we've all been indoors for two years. So this is a bit of an exceptional time, but I noticed a huge difference in my immune system. I think it was from the vitamin D deficiency that I had. I noticed a huge difference in energy, which I attribute to my B12 deficiency. I was really deficient in B12. And then overall, I think my family, I have a family history of thyroid and metabolic conditions. Like my dad has diabetes. My sister has Hashimoto's. My lab results look really substantially different on thyroid markers. Now that I'm getting an optimal amount of micronutrients, I have normal thyroid function. I just like notice I don't hold on to weight. You know, I'm in the perinatal stage. I have a little one and breastfeeding could be part of that, but my body just like feels like it's functioning, functioning in a much more optimal baseline place. And I'm so glad that I found this out before pregnancy because What's so much more common is that women will not not be in an optimal place when they get pregnant. Maybe they have some fertility challenges as a result. Maybe they have a more difficult pregnancy or you, you know, you put on weight during pregnancy. That is normal. That is healthy. You need to do that. But then it can be harder for that weight to come off postpartum if you're starting out from a place of depletion. And it takes so much to build baby. And your body's so smart about prioritizing those nutrients for baby that if you start out pregnancy depleted, you're going to end up even more deficient in a in a place where it could take then years to get back up to optimal nutrient levels. And it's just so difficult to get to optimal through food alone, especially if you're starting out with any deficiencies. It's just you need such a high concentration of vitamins and minerals and other nutrients to get back up to optimal that supplements just really do play a a key role. And this is coming from someone who is a total supplement skeptic. Like I, when I first got my nutritional levels back and the recommendation was like, okay, you need to take like these 12 different nutrients. I was like, no, what? Like, tell me the three things I need. I'm definitely not taking 12. Like that's insane. That seems like overkill, but I'm a, I'm a believer now. It really does make a difference. And it's in some ways that a really simple thing you can do to feel so much better. Would you say there is, because I have heard people talk about how, you know, a lot of people will take supplements, but then at the same time, they're not nourishing their body properly through food. And so the supplements can't work as well as they could. You know, you can't 
eat garbage all day and then just take a supplement and expect like, oh, I'm fine. I'm taking a supplement. Would you agree with that? I do agree with that. Yeah. I think it starts with food. There is, you can't out supplement a bad diet. You have to do, it's it's like good diet and supplements. But I think the opposite is also true that even if you're extremely careful about what you're eating, it's just near impossible in the modern food system that we are living in to fully meet your needs through food alone. We do sometimes get questions about that. I think this is like a really helpful way of thinking about it. It's like, okay, my ancestors had pregnancies. My ancestors didn't take supplements. Supplements are a modern invention. Like, Why do we need supplements? And they didn't. But the environment is entirely different than it used to be. The way that we stack, you know, and I, I am part of this kind of like cohort of, of families who start building their families later in life than like our ancestors did. We tend to concentrate our child, you know, our actual baby making years into a smaller time period than was evolutionarily the case. Like, I think that's a wonderful thing. It allows us to get MBAs or to get, you know, PhDs. It's amazing. But you're you're compressing a lot of major life events, a lot of major, majorly intensive like functions of your body into a very short time period. A lot of people will have kids less than two years apart. That's a lot of demand on your body. That's just not necessarily how our ancestors did it. They would space out children much longer, like maybe every five years, every three years, something like that. And so, you know, we can't, I love looking to nature. I love looking to what was traditionally the case, but we also have to overlay that with like the realities of the world that we're living in now, where soil quality is depleted, toxins are higher. We're expecting a lot of our bodies. We're going back to work maybe earlier than is optimal and still pumping or still breastfeeding, you have to weigh all of those factors to understand. And and not to mention the stress of the last few years for moms, like stress, cortisol levels deplete nutrient levels. It makes it less easy for your body to absorb nutrients. So we really are thinking about things holistically when we're determining what is optimal and trying to educate women around the importance of that. And I think like In a life stage like pregnancy, there's broad awareness that you need a a prenatal vitamin, but I think there's an underappreciation for who that supplement is for. In most cases, I'm talking like 95% of the time, your baby's going to get what he or she needs from your own nutrient stores. The reason to take a supplement is so that you don't get depleted, so that your levels are optimal, so that your health isn't compromised. You feel that kind of viscerally when you're pregnant or postpartum. But what we find is as moms kind of move away from that immediacy of pregnancy, you know, there's there's a, a tendency to stop prioritizing yourself and to focus instead on, okay, now my kid might need a, a gummy vitamin or a, you know, a chewable. I should think about a vitamin for my my child, but not about my own health. So that's why we really try to bring the emphasis back to mom in pregnancy so that you understand this supplement is for you. It's for optimally nourishing your body so that you can support baby, but also so you can avoid becoming depleted. And that importance doesn't stop when the baby is no longer in your body or being nourished from your body. 
This episode is brought to you by Magic Spoon. You guys know I have been very intentional with what we've been eating lately. I'm looking at protein, I'm looking at sugar content, and avoiding things like artificial ingredients or colorings. Milo used to always want pancakes or waffles in the mornings, and now he is getting into cereal, and I'm so excited because Magic Spoon is the perfect option. Their variety pack has four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. They have zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four to five grams of carbs per serving. They're made with wholesome ingredients, no artificial flavors or dyes, and I'm just so happy that he's getting a good amount of protein before he goes off to school. And it's a great snack for me and my husband too, because 13 to 14 grams of protein in the cereal, now you add a high protein milk, you're set. That is such a high protein snack or meal. I should also mention that it is gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. So go to magicspoon.com slash momroom to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code momroom at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. So try a delicious bowl of Magic Spoon cereal today at magicspoon.com slash momroom and use the code momroom to save $5. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. This episode is brought to you by Little Spoon. It is 2024. As busy parents, it's hard to completely overhaul our lives, but what we can do is make small changes that will make our lives easier. And that is where Little Spoon comes in. Their goal is to make keeping your kid healthy feel like the easiest part of your day so that you can cut through all the drama of mealtime. Little Spoon offers baby blends, biteables, and plates. So baby blends is fresh, organic baby food. They have single ingredients, but also multi-textured purees to take the stress out of starting solids. Biteables make the transition to finger foods easy because they are cut perfectly to size, which promotes self-feeding. And of course, all the Biteables are healthy, balanced, and free of artificial junk. And then there are plates for your toddlers and your bigger kids. They are meals that are free of all the bad stuff. They taste amazing. Even the pickiest eaters will love them. They have things like hidden veggie mac and cheese, chicken nuggets, and adventurous things like potstickers, gnocchi, and more. Little Spoon also has smoothies and build-it-yourself lunches. Did I mention it all comes right to your door? It is super flexible, so easy, and everything stores right in the fridge and freezer. You can pick up the menu and change up what you order every single time. The price is right. The quality is unmatched. You and your kids will love it. It's a huge win-win for your family. Simplify your kids' mealtime with 30% off your first order. Go to littlespoon.com slash momroom and enter our code momroom at checkout to get 30% off your first Little Spoon order. What would you say in your experience is are the nutrients or vitamins that women are most deficient in? And if you do have a deficiency in those things, what are some some things that you would experience because of that deficiency? So some of the most from the clinical research and also from the in-practice experience of our practitioner community, we are backed and proud to be supported by over 3,000 practitioners recommending our products. And we work with them when determining dosage levels that are optimal in nutrient forms that we should be utilizing 
by tapping into those experiences that they have. In both of those cases, what we find is that vitamin D is one of the most common nutritional deficiencies for women. Upwards of 95% of women in the U.S. are deficient. And that's true even if you live in a warm climate. I live in L.A. We're exposed to a lot of sunlight, but most of us are putting on sunscreen. Most of us aren't completely naked outside for, most of you us. know, <laughs> most of us for an hour a day. Some of us might be, and, and good for you if you are. But we're, we're just indoors so much more than our ancestors were. There's also a genetic component to vitamin D receptors and absorption, those with darker complexions absorb vitamin D less well from the sunlight. So there's a lot of reasons why you might be vitamin D deficient. It is great to test your levels because then you can know exactly what dosage you need to get back up to optimal with supplementation. Is that a blood test? It's available in a blood test. It's actually even available in a finger prick test that we sell on our website, but you can also go to LabCorp or Quest or whoever your local lab is and get that get those levels tested. You can actually order that yourself now in the US through those two lab companies or your primary care provider can order it for you. The ways that you might feel feel a vitamin D deficiency would it, vitamin D is important for so many functions in the body, but one of the most acute ways is your immune response. How often you're getting sick, your ability to rebound from getting sick. That's a key one. That's a really important one. That for me was probably the most immediate way that I felt better, felt different after after improving my vitamin D levels. Another nutrient is omega-3. Omega-3 is an essential fatty acid. It's not a vitamin or mineral, but it's an essential fatty acid that's critically important for your baby's brain in pregnancy. Probably most moms remember seeing DHA, one of the forms of omega-3, being really important for pregnancy. Both forms, DHA and EPA, are really important, though. They work together, synergistically together, to support one another's absorption and different functions in the body. Also, I'm going to probably sound like a broken record, but up to 95% or more women are deficient in vitamin D, or sorry, of omega-3 here in the U.S. We actually, several years ago, ran our own small-scale test. We tested over 250 women's omega-3 levels here in the U.S. And these were wellness-focused women that we met at in-person events focused on health and wellness. A lot of them were practitioners and we found that 96% of women were deficient in omega-3 and over 40% were critically deficient, meaning that they had levels of omega-3 that would put them at higher risk if they were pregnant for complications. That's wild. Is it true that we overdo omega-6? It is, yeah. So omega-6 is basically a form of omegas that are found in seed oils. So like there's some seed oils that can be good for you, but there's some that can be worse for you. And we tend to consume in the U.S. way too much of the ones that are not so good for you, like canola oil, for example. Or even now there's research suggesting that like the healthier Forms of seed oil, like sunflower seed oil, can be harmful in, in excess quantities. The reason for that is it causes inflammation in the body. It's pro-inflammatory. So you want to balance it out with omega-3s, which are anti-inflammatory. They lower inflammation in the body. And you want a ratio between the two. 
our ratio in the U.S. is like wildly off base. M- most of us are consuming way more omega-6s than we should. Anytime you eat out, basically, you're going to be getting a higher level of omega-6 than omega-3 in your diet. So that's where supplementation is really important of omega-3s to bring that ratio back into balance. So would you say those are the top two, vitamin D, omega-3? B12, which I talked about personally earlier, is a common one. This one I would say especially in women who eat a vegan or vegetarian diet, which I did for a number of years. So again, like when in retrospect, I look back and I'm like, that is so, it's so obvious that I was going to have those deficiencies. Vitamin D isn't abundant in a vegan diet. Omega-3 is not abundant in a vegan diet. Although there are some omega-3s that you can find in plant-based form, like chia seeds, flax seeds, walnuts. The conversion of that plant-based form into the usable forms of DHA and EPA is really, really low. For some women, it's like you can convert a percent, 1%. So it's very low. So it's a pretty good assurance if you're if you're vegan or vegetarian, you should be supplementing with B12, vitamin D, and omega-3 all. And the good news is that there is a vegan form of omega-3 algae oil. Fish actually get there. Fish are the most abundant form of omega-3 in food form, in food that humans tend to eat. But fish actually bioaccumulate their omega-3 from eating a ton of algae. So we go directly to the source. We source our omega-3 from microalgae. It's grown in a controlled environment, so it's not susceptible to the heavy metals that you can find in fish. It's a more sustainable option because you're going directly to the source and it has the same kind of performance, the same DHA, EPA levels as as is optimal. So it's a great, great option for those who are vegetarian or vegan. And then one other nutrient I would mention, there's a lot more, but one other nutrient I would mention that's especially important for the pregnancy life stage is choline. This one is, again, in that 90 to 95% range of deficiencies. It's a super common deficiency in the U.S. Choline is most, it's really important for baby's brain and neural development. I think a lot of women in the pregnancy stage know folate or the synthetic form of folate, folic acid, as being really important for that neural tube formation. We now know that choline is almost as important, if not equally important, to that process as folate is, but it it doesn't get top billing. It's kind of been overlooked for a lot of years, even though there's been an established recommended intake since the 1990s. We were actually the first prenatal vitamin on the market to dose at the optimal level after 20 years, which is just shocking that nobody had done it before. Choline is found in food forms. The most abundant one would be like egg yolks. So make sure you eat the yolk, not just the egg white. The yolk is really important. It's where a lot of the nutrition is. So egg yolks, really important. Foods like liver. Most of us are probably not eating a lot of liver. There are liver capsules on the market that you can consume. We would not recommend that as a substitute for a prenatal vitamin or a multivitamin. Some people call liver the like nature's multivitamin. It's really, really abundant in certain nutrients, but it doesn't have the full spectrum of what you need for a healthy pregnancy. So I would not advocate for that, but it can be a helpful like addition periodically, like maybe once or twice a week. Consuming liver or taking a liver capsule can help with choline levels. Choline's a more difficult one though to say, to like associate with a pain point of like, how would you know you're deficient in choline? Because it's more of like an inside the body, 
really important for brain function. So you might notice a little bit of brain fog that goes away when you start taking choline, but it's one of those that's just like, it's just really fundamentally important. Even if you're not experiencing brain fog, I would say like, make sure you're prioritizing choline, especially if you're anywhere in and around the life stage of thinking about pregnancy, postpartum, breastfeeding, et cetera. It's really, really important. So I'm always curious how... I told you before, like I love supplements (laughs) and I'm married to a medical doctor. So we often clash on this topic. But anyways, I come from a family of MDs. So I'm right there with you. My sister's a doctor. My brother-in-law's a doctor. My dad's a doctor. I'm like the black sheep in the family. So, you know, the nutritionist. Yeah. When you go to a drugstore, whatever, you buy a supplement, there's always like the recommended daily dose. So let's say for vitamin C, it's a thousand, like MGs or MCGs or whatever. Where does that come from? How do they determine that? And it drives me crazy because when I feel a cold coming on, I will take, and guys, I'm just giving you my little spiel. I'm not a doctor. I, well, a doctor of philosophy, but this is not like a recommendation for people. But what I do is like, super dose vitamin C. Like I'll take like three, 6,000 like every few hours and nothing happens to me, but I don't get sick. Like my cold just never ends up coming, you know? And I remember I watched this documentary called The Vitamin Movie like years ago. And it was all about this kind of stuff and how like the pharmaceutical industry, like when you go to the doctor, they don't, they never would recommend you taking supplements or anything like that. It's just not a thing. So then it always makes me wonder, like, why is this not like, oh, I'm starting to get a cold. Like, why does nobody say, like, try taking this amount of vitamin C? Why is it like the daily dose is only a thousand? It's a great question. Here in the U.S., I'll speak to the U.S. I'm sure it's comparable elsewhere. But here in the U.S., there is a paradigm called the RDA levels. It's basically like the daily recommended intake of vitamins and minerals to avoid a disease condition. And the RDAs came out of World War II. Basically, what is the bare minimum effectively like nutritional levels that we have to give to our soldiers to keep them alive? That's the paradigm. RDAs were established based on a a man's body and basically like then triangulated towards like (laughs) with estimates effectively. It's very imprecise. They are updated periodically, but... They are not based on what's optimal. They're based on a minimum. So that's like, I think the most important thing to understand about RDAs. RDAs are what are going to show up on the, basically like a percentage of the RDA level is what you're going to see on a supplement docs panel. So it's really common to see like, okay, even on a, even on a like nutrition facts panel for like how much vitamin C is in this cereal or whatever. And you might be like, oh, it's 10% of my vitamin C. Like, great, I'm 10% of the way there. That's based on a bare minimum, not what's optimal. So our perspective at Needed, and this is not just like something we made up, it's based on clinical research. And it's also based on that in practice experience of our practitioner community, testing thousands of women's nutritional levels to know where do you need to dose to avoid a suboptimal range on blood tests or urine tests or what have you. Our perspective is that the RDA levels generally are far too low for pregnancy, especially, but also for general women's health. If you dose at the RDAs, you're very likely to be deficient on blood tests. It's just 
That's just the reality. When it comes to a supplement, you're taking a supplement to avoid a deficiency to fill out your diet. So a good example would be like if you're taking a supplement that is dosing at the RDA or a fraction of the RDA, you're probably getting less than what you would consume in food. Like in the case of vitamin C, you're probably getting less vitamin C than you would get from an orange. Is that is that why you want to take a supplement or do you just want to eat an orange? And so when when we're setting levels, we're really careful to not set them too high. But in most cases, if you dose at the RDA, you are like 20 times in some cases too low. That's not always true. So in the case of choline, there's been an RDA level established. We talked about this a little bit since the 1990s. That RDA level is for the general public. Well, I should say for pregnant women and baseline, it's 450 milligrams. For, for breastfeeding women, it's 550 milligrams. The most common dosage of choline in a prenatal vitamin is zero milligrams. The next most common is 55 milligrams, which is literally one-tenth of the RDA. That The reason that that's the case is because it's enough to put it on the label. It's enough to claim that this contains choline, but it's not enough to do much of anything. Like an egg yolk has 150 to 200 milligrams of choline, so you'd get far more choline from just eating an egg a day than you would from taking that supplement. So our prenatal has 400 milligrams of choline in it. There's now some research showing that like upwards of 900 milligrams is optimal. So the RDA is probably off by a factor of at least two times. So if you're if you're at one-tenth of the RDA in your prenatal, you're actually getting one-twentieth of what's optimal. That's just one example. Vitamin B12 is another. There's clinical research showing that the RDA is at least three times too low. We find in our community of practitioners from testing levels that dosing at closer to like 10 times the RDA is actually where women start to see like a healthy replete level of vitamin B12. And some women are going to need like 100 times the RDA to actually get to optimal levels. It, it depends, but we dose at approximately about somewhere in the range of about like 80 times the RDA. So our dosage is 200 200 micrograms of B12. The RDA is 2.8 micrograms of B12. The clinical research says at least 10 micrograms is optimal. So we're we're an order of magnitude different, but a lot of women will still need to take more B12 on top of what we do. We're dosing at a very safe level. There's no safety risks at all with our dosage levels. You're going to feel an immediate difference in your energy level at our dosages. And then dosing higher than that would be only based on your individual lab results. So I hope that's helpful there that's like it's it's complicated it's it's like you do need to go ingredient by ingredient when manufacturing a supplement to say what's optimal what's the optimal dosage of vitamin a there's like 12 b vitamins to look at there's you know it's it's complicated and that's why it took us 3 years to to formulate our our prenatal vitamin through really 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 in-depth analysis of the clinical research working with practitioners figuring out how do you actually make all of this that's optimal fit into a supplement that's easy to take every day. It's complicated and it's not what most companies do. Most companies are just looking at the RDA levels and dosing based on RDAs or dosing based on what fits in one gummy or a one a day capsule. And I I just, I think our point of view is just like, don't take a one a day, like take, you know, if you don't want to take more than something one a day and you're pregnant, take folate 
take a high quality folate and then get everything else you need through food. That's actually far better for you probably than taking a one a day gummy vitamin because it's just not going to have what you need in it and you're effectively just wasting your money. Yeah, I feel like it's important for people to understand that medicine is about, like, even if you go get your blood tested for whatever they're looking for, whatever they're investigating, it's like they're just making sure you're not sick. It's not helping you get to the optimal level of health. It's just, let's just not get sick. And the reference ranges are based on, like, I think it's two to three standard deviations from the mean. So it's like you can be at the very, 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 very low end of a reference range and be considered normal, even though you are like three standard deviations away from the median, which the median is probably still a pretty minimalistic level. And I think that's helpful to understand when you're looking at lab results. You know, I have huge respect for the medical profession. I'm sure that you do also, despite some healthy debate with your husband. But generally, nutrition isn't a core part of the medical school curriculum, at least not here in the U.S. It may be different in other countries. Here in the U.S., it's not a core part of the medical school curriculum. The fields of nutrition, like registered dietitians and MDs, were meant to be kind of like operating together. Like you would have an MD to make medical decisions. You have an RD to advise on nutrition decisions. They're meant to work together. That just doesn't happen in practice. So a lot of women are left with questions and and a lack of answers as to what do they need? What are their levels? It's great to see that some care providers, actually pregnancy is a life stage where it's more common to get nutritional levels tested, but it's often just maybe one or two, like iron levels in the third trimester. Most practitioners are going to test for that because they want to make sure you have enough iron stores to support your blood volume doubling or sometimes even tripling in pregnancy and then the blood loss postpartum, which is great, but that's just one nutrient. There's so many other nutrients that we should be looking at. And, you know, I think that's in an ideal world, you would be working during, women would be able to work with a naturopathic doctor or a registered dietitian or a functional practitioner to be able to test those nutritional levels really regularly and make sure that you're supplementing appropriately to fill in the gaps. So the needed prenatal vitamin versus a traditional prenatal vitamin that you would get anywhere else. Like what would you say the main differences are between a traditional one versus a needed vitamin? So I would say it it effectively boils down to two things. The first one is, as we've been talking about, the dosages. So we're dosing based on optimal levels, not bare minimum levels, not the RDA levels. In most cases, our dosages are going to differ from the RDA levels. That's a big one. The second one is that we are utilizing the nutrient forms that your body can best use that are best absorbed and the most similar to what exists in nature. And that's really, really important so that it's not really just about what are you taking, it's about what you're absorbing. And we want to make sure that when we're dosing appropriately, that you're going to get that dosage as much as you possibly can out of the vitamin and mineral forms that we're utilizing. So if you compare us to a drugstore brand, you'll likely see if you're just doing a side-by-side comparison, you're going to see that Needed is using a lot of ingredients that have a trademarked name next to that. 
Trademarks, I would say like it's not the most important thing, but it's usually an indication of a higher quality nutrient form that's been clinically studied, which is great. A drugstore brand is much more likely to have nutrient forms that are generic, that are oftentimes synthetic, so they don't exist in nature. Two examples of that would be the form of folic acid. Folic acid is man-made. It's synthetic. It doesn't exist in nature. We're utilizing methylfolate, which is the form that is circulating in your body. It's like 80 to 90% of the folate in your body is that's circulating is methylfolate. It's very well absorbed, especially for those that have a genetic predisposition to have difficulty processing folate, known as MTHFR. So it's a form that is great for all women and especially for the up to 60% of women who have trouble processing synthetic folic acid. And then another example would be the form of B12 that we use. We're using two forms that are really readily used by the body. The most common form of B12 is cyanocobalamin. It's a form of B12 that's attached to a cyanide molecule. I'm not saying that to terrify you. Like it's it's been used for a long time period. It's just not an optimal form. It's a synthetic form that's created in a lab. It doesn't exist anywhere in nature. And so we never utilize nutrient forms that don't exist in nature. We're always looking to what's optimal, what's what is your body going to know to recognize and be able to immediately use. So those are the main differences. Another difference that you might see is that we're really thoughtful about what is in our prenatal and what and why. And a good example of that would be iron is a nutrient that a lot of prenatals include. Iron is a very important mineral for pregnancy, but levels of iron change pretty substantially. And so your need for iron changes pretty substantially throughout every trimester of pregnancy and between individuals. So my need for iron is going to be different than your need for iron. And then the last thing is that iron and calcium compete for absorption in the body. So most prenatal vitamins that have iron in it will leave out calcium. We don't want to do that because calcium is something that you really need. It, it supports baby's bone, bone development. It supports your own bone health. It supports blood pressure that's in a healthy and normal range. The list goes on. So we're actually excluding iron from our prenatal vitamin. We have a separate iron. You can add it on if you need it, as you need it, in the right dosage that you need. And that's another key distinction between needed. The other reason that we leave iron out is because too much iron can actually like interfere with your gut microbiome. And if your gut microbiome is compromised, you're not going to absorb the nutrients that you need from everything else. So that's the other main thing that you would see comparing needed to a drugstore brand. The needed prenatal, it's four times a day, right? We have a few different forms of our prenatal. We have we have an eight-capsule version. Eight-capsule sounds kind of like a lot. A lot of women will choose to divide the dosage into maybe four capsules twice a day. You could do three capsules with breakfast and lunch and two at dinner. You could do it four times a day if you wanted to. You're going to absorb a really good amount of the nutrients, even if you take all eight of them at once. It's really just like what is going to work best for you and what are you going to remember to take? Because I'm definitely guilty of sometimes forgetting to take all eight if I divide the dosages up. We also offer that exact same nutritional profile in a powdered form that you can blend into a smoothie. Some women like to mix it into oatmeal or just like, you know, a chocolate milk type preparation. I think it's best in a smoothie. 
the powder form is awesome because you can dose at optimal levels without being constrained to capsules. And there's a slight, there's likely a slight absorption benefit because your body doesn't have to break down a capsule in order to absorb it. And then the third option that we offer is a three capsule prenatal. We call it our essentials. It's a pared down version of the powder or the eight capsule version. It still has a hugely meaningful amount of nutrients in it, but it's going to be reduced. So the vitamin D level is half of what's in the in the full version of the capsules or powder. The B12 dosage is half of the capsules or powder. The choline is going to be reduced. The folate level is not reduced because you do need a certain amount of folate, especially in that first trimester when the neural tube is closing. So we never want to dose too low on the folate. That's why we wouldn't recommend just taking half of a dose of our capsules. It's better to take the essentials so that you make sure you're getting that optimal amount of folate in it. The powder thing is genius. How does that not exist? Like, that is genius. I find it so much easier to take supplements when it's something I can put in oatmeal or like squeeze into like a drink with ice or like so much easier. I don't know why taking capsules just, I don't know. It's because like if I'm already going to be eating something, it's easy. Capsules are hard for a lot of people. I was I was definitely one of those people. I think my capsules tolerance has increased over the years, but it can be a lot, especially during pregnancy, especially when you don't feel well. Maybe you have heartburn. Maybe like it's just hard to take capsules. So the powder is a really popular choice for that reason. And a lot of people will have both. They'll like, some days you make a smoothie and so you'll take the powder. Some days it's easier to, if you're traveling, maybe capsules is easier. So a lot of our customers will buy both and they really appreciate that we offer both of those options. When I was pregnant, I remember, like I got the impression that the higher quality prenatal vitamins were ones that I would take four times a day. So that's what I ended up doing. But can you just maybe explain why that is? Because I know some people are like, oh my God, four a day. Like, But like, why? Why is that? So I would say that we've looked into this. We've done kind of research around whether it's superior to take dosages in a divided way or if it's better to take them all at once. There's not much research suggesting that you need divided dosages. There might be like a slight incremental benefit to taking them in a divided way. But the most important thing is that you're taking it every day. So we recommend like you can divide the dosages if you'd like. If you can take it all at once, take it all at once if that's how you're going to remember it. The most important thing is to consume it. You might get maybe like a 5 or 10% absorption benefit if you're dividing the dosages, but that's not enough to overweight the risk that you might forget to take the second dosage throughout the day or the third or the fourth dosage. But to answer your question in a little bit of an indirect way, it's a good recommendation to say that like in general, the the prenatals that you need to take more capsules of will most likely be more complete because the the nutrients that you need, especially a nutrient like choline and calcium and magnesium, they're really bulky nutrients. They take up a lot of space. They just don't fit. A meaningful amount of choline, magnesium, and calcium will not fit into one or two capsules. They will not fit into even six gummies. It would. We, we've looked into making a, a chewable or a gummy form of a prenatal, and it would take like 12 gummies. So we haven't <laughs> launched it yet because that's a lot of gummies, but that's what it would take to dose at the levels that we think are like the minimum to give you an optimal amount. 
So I think that's probably where that understanding came from of like the divided dosages are better. It's really more about like those are the more complete multis out there. And that's a good like litmus test for, I think a lot of practitioners and and folks are now talking about like, oh, if it's a one a day, kind of throw it out. Or like if it's not a divided dose, throw it out. It's more about that's the the ones that you have to divide dosages on or that you might want to divide dosages on are the complete ones. You guys could make, like, have you ever seen in the candy stores where they have like the one pound gummy bear? You could oh make that. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> It's 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 a tricky one. And yeah. as we think about launching into an adjacent category that we're really asked for frequently, which is the kids, kids or infant space, we're really weighing those decisions of what's the best format because like my daughter, she freaking loves gummies. Like she loves them. She will ask me every day. You know, I've been testing a lot of the gummies, a lot of the kids' vitamins on the market as market research and and she loves the gummies. She also really likes powder, which is funny. She'll even like take powder straight up. I'm like, can I mix that in water or in something for you? And she just wants to eat the powder straight up. But you could do like a, a remember the fun dip? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's an idea. The weird thing is like she likes the taste of raw collagen. Like, I don't get it, but yeah, I'm not gonna argue with it because that's you know, it's good for her health, but I'm excited for this to go out because more people need to talk about this stuff. And it's it's something that, you know, everybody takes a prenatal when they get pregnant, but nobody really understands. They just grab one off the shelf and assume that everything's great. So lots of people are going to learn a lot from this. I hope so. I think it's like, it's a tough decision. I think women tend to be really well-researched and really considered in what they put in their body and on their body during pregnancy, but without the education about what to look for. And when your OB says, take anything, it doesn't matter. It's so hard to figure out what most people don't know to compare a supplement facts panel. And like, they look at it and it's like, I don't know what I'm looking at. Like this one says it meets the RDA. That should be good. And like needed says it's like, a couple thousand percent above the RDA for certain nutrients, is that too much? So we've tried to make it easy for you to understand what to look for in a prenatal. I'll mention two resources that we have on our website, and maybe if you have show notes, we could link to it. We have a guide on what to look for in a prenatal vitamin that breaks it down nutrient by nutrient in a really simple way. We also have a free guide on our website that compares 75 of the leading prenatal vitamins in a very unbiased way, looking at the pros, the cons, and the overall perspective. And this is a collaboration between our practitioner community to put this guide together. And it's it's just a great resource. If you have a prenatal that you take and you like, it's going to recommend what you can take on top of it to supplement, to make sure you're getting enough choline or make sure you're getting enough omega-3. We're, we know that not every prenatal vitamin is going to work for everybody. We want to be realistic and just help you understand no matter what you're taking, how can you make it a little bit more optimal? Or if you really need a gummy, make sure you're taking this one because this one's the most nutritionally complete and we don't currently offer a gummy. So we're not going to tell you like you have to take needed or best. So where can people find you online? What's the website and also your Instagram account? Yes, you can find us online at thisisneeded, N-E-E-D-E-D dot com. 
And our Instagram handle, thankfully, is just at needed. We got the one word Instagram handle. Awesome. I love it. Well, thank you so much. This was such a like so much education in this episode. And it was lovely to meet you. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me.